You are listening to Fantasy Movie League's Pause and Play Podcast. Greetings, FML Land. Your friendly neighborhood podcast is back for its 10th episode. That's double digits, folks. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. (laughs) Unless we're canceled after 13, like the short-lived, long-forgotten Martha Stewart version of The Apprentice. (laughs) R.I.P. You guys remember that thing? I don't. No. I I think she filmed it while she was on house arrest. (laughs) I'm like 100% certain that's what happened. Anyway... You're welcome for that trip down memory lane that you didn't want. My name is Alec Bloom, and I host this movie and pop culture podcast with a little help from some of my fantasy movie league friends. So, without further ado, let's meet these so-called friends of mine. Up first is a PNP regular, not named Dave. She authors the weekly FML column, Coming Soon, which recently highlighted the new Justice League trailer. And be warned. In said column, she praises a CW actor for acting, of all things. That's sure to hurt her credibility, for sure, but you should read it anyway. Becky, thank you for coming back to the show. Hey, and to be fair, uh, it wasn't so much praise as pointing out that he is better than that weird kid in the new Justice League movie. Ezra Miller, have you only seen him in Perks of Being a a Wallflower? Um, he was also the creepy intern in, um, Trainwreck. He was. He was funny. Yeah. Uh, he was in that, yeah. Yeah, so that's about it. Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> yes. Oh, was he in Fantastic Beasts? The only other thing I saw him yeah. in was the Stanford Prison Experiment, I believe. So. I mean, to be fair, I also praised the 90s Flash Dawson's dad. <laughs> also better than Ezra Miller. <laughs> oh, you're Ezra hate. I don't understand it. I don't understand all this Grant Gustin love either. But... Whatever, I don't really care for the CW, so that's just me. <laughs> Our second guest comes to us from the land of Arizona. I was just waiting for applause. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big wrestling fan, and if we're lucky, we can coax a WrestleMania preview out of him. Ooh. Greg Garbera Redemption, welcome back, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago, but <laughs> damn, time change messed that up. But the, the land of Arizona and its non-existent time change. And its own, Arizona has its own time zone because we don't change. It's stupid. <laughs> Actually, I would prefer that. Hopefully, eventually, sometime within the next 50 years, we uh, <laughs> we, we abolish <laughs> Good luck with that. that daylight savings. Well, we're glad, glad we got you on this week. Glad to be here. Thank you. Finally, co-host of the Angry Geeks vs. podcast, a Simpsons fanatic, and staunch defender of Batman vs. Superman. And I assume the Justice League trailer. Millhouse, what's going on, man? Not too much. Yeah, I'm. I was not happy with Becky's column this week. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you would be. No, I was sitting. Th- I mean, I was sitting there as I'm writing it, like, oh my god, angry geek's gonna cry. So, <laughs> figure you probably feel similarly. We're gonna have words. Well, let's have those words right now, <laughs> Becky. You were not a fan of this trailer. But you're not really much of a fan of anything DC's come out with, which you're not really necessarily in a minority there. But uh, yeah, what didn't what didn't you like about this trailer? Um, pretty much everything except <laughs> it's got Cal Drogo in it. Um, 
Yeah. Oh my new god. So as your as your resident uh one of like two women who's been on pause and play, I can watch him all day. Um but otherwise, I mean bad fleck, bad. Uh hmm. Ezra Miller, bad. Hmm. I don't know what a cyborg is. Um It didn't have much Amy Adams. Bad. Um I don't think it's gonna have any Amy Adams, is it? Or will it She's in it there, had like yeah. one it, thing of her, yeah. She's in there. Um Everyone looked like they were in front of a green screen. So, like I said in my column, now I am picturing Batfleck in a green onesie, which, bad. Um, yeah. It, I mean, to be fair, I'm not much of a fan of anything, so this was kind of par for the course. <laughs> so, didn't have the rock, so I'm not a fan. Um, and, I mean, like I said, I my, my context is literally one book on tape I had in the 80s, so... I, <laughs> Not gonna battle the comic book game too much on this. <laughs> so to be fair, Becky doesn't like most things, so understandable. Yes, I like some things. Millhouse care to chime in. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I get it. You don't have the, the biggest history with the characters, so it's hard for you to completely judge them. Uh, I'm I I don't get like I I think people want it to be Marvel, but it doesn't have to be. I don't see like why they would have to follow the same script that Marvel does because then they would just get be, they would just be blasted for doing the same thing that Marvel did. Let mm-hmm. them do their own thing. It's, it's the same genre, but they can have a different take on it. To be fair, I also didn't like <laughs> Captain America Civil War, so. Well, as long as you're being fair. <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. <laughs> the more I like play FML and write things, the more I'm like, yeah, I'm a hater. Like, <laughs> apparently that's my thing. No. Nothing wrong with that. No. To be fair, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I uh I'm not too interested in this movie and I kind of want to be. I just but I I don't have the hate that uh that Becky does. It must be a Minnesota thing cuz you, you guys get too much snow. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> we have zero it's, snow right now. It's coming. But we are hateful because no, nobody saw Wilson. <laughs> well, from judging by that trailer, I don't blame them. If I want to watch Woody Harrelson, I'll watch White Man Can't Jump or Cheers. But that's just me. Uh so Greg. Yes. WrestleMania is coming up, correct? Yes. This Sunday. I'm excited. It's the best time of the year. What can you tell us about it? Quick. Uh, uh, it shouldn't be too bad outside of the main event of them booking Brock Lesnar, who makes so much money per appearance, so he doesn't try anything. And he's wrestling Bill Goldberg, who stopped wrestling in 2004 and should have never come back. He's so old. Goldberg's S- back? He is, and he's champ right now, and it's not exciting. He can't last more than two minutes in a match well he, um, could, he couldn't back then when i watched exactly. that was a long time ago yeah. during the monday night wars that's when i watched the car I mean, has for potential. like a for like a 48 year old he looks really good <laughs> I, is he, I thought he was older than 48 but uh, he might I be I, I, I just throw a number he's up there with taker who's like 52 but anyways uh outside of a couple of matches though the card has potential to be good it's gonna be a long show though they look for some reason they like making wrestlemania like six hours total between pre-show and main show so good lord we'll see how it goes but uh i mean i get excited for it until it's actually over i don't try to judge it beforehand so because yeah. a lot of things happen at mania people step up so should be interesting we always have a get together at my house too so i have friends over a barbecue should be funny either way is diamond dallas page involved in the wrestling anymore <laughs> i know uh, no but he's I, I, he is getting inducted into the hall of fame this year they do a hall of fame every year so, oh, right. which is exciting because I liked him when in WCW. The Diamond Cutter, right? Was Absolutely, that the... yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> South High Five. Yes. 
<laughs> DDP. See, I remember that. He stuff. is uh, saving wrestlers' lives with his DDP yoga, which is supposed to be amazing. I, I heard a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. was He's, it Jake the Snake Roberts that Jake he got the into? Is that who it was? Scott yes. Hall did it. Um, and I guess there's a lot of other people that I haven't been as big, but they're they're doing it and they're they're praising it a lot. So, oh, cool. My boy DDP doing good things, and Scott Hall's still alive, so that's cool too. He is. <laughs> Old Razor Ramon. All right, well, we better move on. I can see Becky uh, judging us. So, I am. I, I, oh, I have my pen, oh, so I can take points. But what I was yeah. going to say is Brock <laughs> Lesnar wrestled at the University of Minnesota when I went to school there. So He did. He was a big-time wrestler yeah. there, too. Yep. I'm going to mention Minnesota even more than Noplex Zone mentions being from Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a monument, monumentous task that you uh, will take on there. Because he mentions it about every five seconds. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, as a reminder, we will have two rounds of questions and topics where points, yes, quote-unquote points, will be awarded. But as always, they don't necessarily mean anything. Beauty and the Beast dominated the box office once again and is poised to do so for a third straight weekend, even with newcomers, Ghost in the Shell, Boss Baby, and The Zookeeper's Wife joining the fray. Of those three movies, well, I guess mostly two, which has the best shot at challenging Beast for that top spot? And also, for funsies, I want you guys to give me your boldest and your hottest take for this coming weekend, and it better be sensational and ludicrous, just like my boy, Stephen A. Smith. Becky, let's start with you. Um, So I'm going to say, of the three, I think Boss Baby is the one that has the best chance of doing well, just because... Kids. kids see dumb things and don't care if the movie has like 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but I'm going to go with a hot take of it's still going to come in under $30 million because it looks terrible. Hmm. And it's got Beauty and the Beast dominating the box office for the family money. So right. it'll make the most of the three, but it's not going to be a hit. So you're not, you don't uh, have much faith in any of the three that are and, hitting the, yeah. uh, the theater. Uh, Millhouse, what about you? Yeah, I, um, my, Take was that Boss Baby was, was going to be the best of the three this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just don't see Ghost in the Shell doing anything at all, and Zookeeper's Wife nothing at all. Yeah. Uh, Long range forecast though, I had I was looking at it. They had Ghost in the Shell at forty million. I don't think it gets anywhere near that. Uh, Boss Baby had twenty four, but my hot take is that Boss Baby will take second this weekend, based off of families going for their fifth. Round of Beauty and the Beast, and then staying for a double feature Ooh. of Boss Baby. It's very possible, actually. Greg? Uh, I don't have any faith in the three either taking down Beauty and the Beast, but if I had to pick one, I would say Baby has the best shot of being the boss of Beauty and the Beast at the box office. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Boss Baby's going to do better than expected because Lego Marvel has run its, or Lego Batman has run its course. Sorry, didn't mean to admit. Make you mad, Millhouse. Uh, after it dropped so much last week, I think people are over that. And so mm-hmm. kids want to see an animated movie. They don't care. It's a new thing out. Um, my bold hot take for this week is that I think Power Rangers is going to have a better hold than people are expecting to make over $20 million. Hmm. That would be something. It's bold. Doesn't mean it's going to be true. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, that, that is mighty bold. So does anyone think if somehow Ghost in the Shell... I, I don't think any reviews have come out for that yet, but if somehow that is pumping out positive reviews that they met, that may 
bump it to, not that it's going to be beast, but that it actually may come in second and be 35, 40 range. Lucy made 40 million during the summertime a couple years ago. So it's possible that people who like that might go see Ghost in the Shell and it could do well. But yeah. if, if it's already got talks of review embargoes this week, I don't see it maybe being any decent. So, yeah, but I got to look more into it. I don't know a whole bunch about the movie. Yeah, the embargoes can be a bit sketchy, but yeah, yeah, I I don't see it getting anywhere close to the not not the forty, let alone the forty million. Like I don't even think it's twenty five million this oh, wow, weekend, really? and I think it was priced it was priced appropriately because I was expecting it to, it to be a little bit higher than Boss Baby, but Boss Baby ended up like fifty million more this week. I think so, yeah, or fifty dollars like more more this week. Right, fifty dollars yeah. more. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to veer into the political verboten land on pause and play but i think some of the like there's been a lot of bad buzz around ghost in the shell that at least casting, casting scarlett johansson's comments on being cast in the movie um kind of i think have left a an audience of people who would want to go see the you know kind of feminist hero movie being disengaged yeah i i don't i think Honestly, I think the people who are going to see that movie are going to see that movie, and I don't think it was going to be that large of an audience to begin with. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to do that well, even with even if it somehow somehow gets positive reviews. Brett Ratner claims the movie industry is dying and it's Rotten Tomatoes' fault. Is Mr. Ratner onto something here, or is the director of all three, yes, all three Rush Hour films, is he just grasping at straws here? Millhouse, let's kick this off with you. Well, not only the three Rush Hour films, but probably the worst X-Men movie, too. <laughs> we'll stand. Uh, let's yeah. not forget that one. <laughs> well, we'd uh, I, I like do to. Think, yeah, we would like to. Uh, I do think there is a slight truth to what he's talking about. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people like take Rotten Tomatoes as a gospel without actually looking into what it is. Because a lot of people just look at the score and then they base their judgment completely off of that instead of looking at the actual reviews. Like in the article that you linked us to, they had a comment from Rotten Tomatoes and like Rotten Tomatoes is like, this is a tool mm-hmm. and the to- uh, tomato meter is just part of that. But like you're supposed to actually look at everything else in there and look at who you like as a, a critic and who you don't like as a critic and base everything off of that. But unfortunately, that's not what people do, I don't think. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, and what Ratner was saying is that people will just look at the score and nothing else, and they just check in real quick. Oh, 44%? No, I'm out. And that's all they use is just the score, which is just like a pass-fail. But I I, I think you're right, though, because I think, it, and that's just us as a culture, that we, with everything, not just reviews, we look at things, um, like every like media content we get, we look at the headline, but not actual the content true. of the article. Yeah. And people have no idea what's inside. And the headline is often selling, you know, a, a false bill of goods to us. And I think he is on to something with that. Um, I, but I also don't think the industry is necessarily dying, though, either. But, uh, no, I don't think so. Not in the slightest. Yeah. Greg, what do you think? Um, I So I had to find this article about him claiming this because I didn't know about it at first. But I don't necessarily agree with the fact that Rotten Tomatoes is hurting the industry, if anything, it would be video on demand because less people are going. But to say Rotten Tomatoes is hurting it, I think he's just trying to find an excuse for his his career. 
But uh, <laughs> I mean, as for me personally, I do look at Rotten Tomatoes when I watch a movie, but not as of whether I'm going to go see it or not. It's if I want to go see it right away, you know, I mean, uh, if a movie's doing better than I expected, then maybe I might go see it sooner than I was planning or. But it's not going to if I want to go see a movie, I'm going to go see it. I wanted right. to see Power Rangers. I didn't care what the score was going to be when I saw it yesterday. You know, it's just one of those things. So I um, I do agree with this claim, though, that the, the movie uh, critiquing business is not anywhere where it used to be. And that's that's because it's so easy to do that nowadays. I can see that part of the claim. So then you're taking into all these people's words that this movie's good or not when they don't really what they did to become a critic isn't like it used to be. But I think he's just trying to cover up the fact that his movie, he's trying to find a way around the fact that his movies aren't any very good when he thinks they are. And he's trying to blame something. So I don't necessarily believe him a hundred percent. No. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you're right there. And yeah, as far as like the, the criticism of the actual critics isn't being as good. I think so many of them, and I, I don't want to, you know, paint with a broad brush here and say all critics are do the same thing, but I think many in the industry, uh, fall victim to groupthink. And if a movie starts tanking, well, they're going to go into it thinking, well, this is bad. And like they they're just like so many critics are just like any other any other movie goer easily swayed by someone else. So they're going to go in and they don't want to be the one that gives a bad movie a popular, you know, a positive review. I think that that's like I said, that's not everybody because there are some good critics out there. It's just Rotten Tomatoes has so many critics part of their aggregate score and. And I've gone through quite a few of them in the past, uh, doing some research for pause and play. And there is some bad, very biased critics. That's, yeah. uh, but I don't think they're killing. <laughs> I don't think they're killing the industry. No, that's that's a stretch. To yeah, say it's a like big stretch. <laughs> Becky, I'm gonna go with if anyone's killing the industry, it's directors like Brett Ratner because he is terrible. Um, so I looked him up, and the last movie he made was the Hercules movie with The Rock. And The Rock is pretty awesome, but that movie was still really boring, and I think I quit it halfway through. So, Brett Ratner, mm. if your movies aren't doing well, it's your fault. Uh, that said, I think I'm actually, I'm a fan of Rotten Tomatoes, but it's kind of a, it's a study of ranges. Like, if the movie's above 90%, I'm like, okay, it's probably pretty good. If it's below, like, 60%, I'm kind of like, eh, I'll wait. And there is... A good range in there where you kind of have to figure out. It's like, okay, it's 75%. Do I actually want to see this movie? So. Um, right. But if it's at like 98%, I'm sold. I'll, I'll just sum up what I was saying earlier. Is I, I think the only thing, and I think you guys are probably pretty much in agreement. Uh, the only thing I agree with Ratner is the way people use Rotten Tomatoes. It's just, they're lazy. They look at a score and you can't do that. Because like I said, like I, said I don't really like using critics to judge whether or not I'm going to go see a movie. What I like to do, what's great about Rotten Tomatoes, each critic, they have like their little summary of their review on there. Yeah. And it's just like one or two sentences. If you just skim through that and you find a common thread and you find common themes as to, you know, if common thread you hear over and over the dialogue is, you know, atrocious, then it that's probably accurate. Um, you know, if the if the uh the fight scenes are horribly choreographed, you know, if you hear that over and over, that's probably accurate. I just look for commonality going through and i think that you get quite a bit out of it rotten tomatoes by doing that and so much more than just looking at a score because there could be things that the critics as a whole and sometimes like i said critics fall victim to the group think and sometimes they go through phases where well this year we don't like this <laughs> and then every crit- i mean you see it it's yeah. it's true and a lot of times it's sometimes it's politically motivated and sometimes it's not it's just it just is what it is and i think uh 
Um, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I think if you're not using it correctly, um, like Ratner is suggesting, then yeah, it's kind of a useless tool, but I don't think it's killing anything. Brett Ratner claims the movie industry is dying, and it's all Adam Sandler's fault. Okay, he didn't actually say that, but maybe he should have. Sandler recently inked his second four-movie deal with Netflix, leaving many, myself included, perplexed as to why Netflix keeps throwing money at this guy. Obviously, some people still like him. So guys, do you know why? And have we seen the last of Sandler starring on the big screen? Greg. You know, it's Adam Sandler is such a, a name that as long as he does movies, people are going to check him out. A couple of weeks ago, I rewatched The Waterboy, which is one of his better movies, I think. Mm. And when you watch a movie from him nowadays, it's like he doesn't put anything into his movies. I feel like he just goes to set and starts filming. And so his movies aren't any good. But I don't know if there's people who are expecting okay, maybe this one will be funny like his older ones used to be, or, or and they want it to be, and it's just not any good. Um, but as long as he's around, he's a huge name. Whether you like his movies or not, you know who he is. And I think that's what Netflix is banking off of, is as long as he his movie's bringing an okay amount of people, they're happy with it. I don't know. But I, I haven't watched an Adam Sandler movie in a, a little while because I just got tired of his... It's, he doesn't put anything into them. They're not ex- funny or anything. So, yeah, I can't remember the last thing I saw, but yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. Like it was basically just Adam Sandler. You know, was, he basically had the same charisma that he had uh, if he were on, you know, a late night show. You know, if you were on Jimmy Kimmel, it's the same charisma. Like he was being interviewed. That's what it feels like watching an Adam Sandler movie. I, it's like he's I, just being interviewed. I watched there. the Tonight Show with it's Jimmy Fallon, and when he's on there, he shows up in a hat, t-shirt, like cargo shorts, and flip flops, like. Like, it's no big deal being on The Tonight Show, and he, his interviews are crap. Like, he doesn't try. Like Exactly. Dude, it's, <laughs> The Tonight Show is, like, one of the bigger shows. At least dress up and help promote your movie. Not Don't look like you don't want to be there when it's a big deal. And I feel like that's how all his movies are. Like, he just shows up and does basic work, and he gets paid a ton of money for it. So, I mean, I guess, can you be mad at him? I don't know. But, and I think there's a small group of people who still like him, and Netflix is banking on that, and it's sad, but. Yeah. Becky? Is Adam Sandler from Minnesota? And what no, are your he's thoughts? He's not from Minnesota. I think he's from New York. Yankees. Um, yes, he is the Yankees because he would not be in the movie um, Fever Pitch because it was about the Red Sox. So they got Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> um, <laughs> full circle. That's right. Um, so, Alec, <laughs> I'm going with, you said it earlier, people are lazy. And people like to turn on Netflix and find you know, the first Netflix with an actor they recognize, and you know, obviously if if they're going through a second deal, people have done that with Adam Sandler. Oh, a new Adam Sandler. I can watch it with my mom because he's a known quantity. Um, so I'm going to go with I don't think we're going to see him in movies unless he goes for a weird character role with a known director. Um, we saw him do that a long time ago with Punch Drunk Love. Which obviously didn't long time ago like yeah. stick or you know I mean he kept stayed around but he didn't like stay down the actually trying to act path so mm-hmm. um, he has to do something like that something weird and indie where people actually care. His next movie will be a Brett Ratner directed film that gets ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> but somehow still makes money. 
<laughs> Pixels too, directed by Brett Ratner. I can see it. Oh lord, <laughs> Milhouse. I'll answer that last question first. Mm-hmm. I I think we'll still see him get on the big screen again in at, a starring at role? the very least. At the very least, it'll probably be like another Hotel Transylvania or something like that. Mm, okay, it'll be an animator where he does a voice of a character. But as far as like what Netflix, I, they uh, those first two movies that he had, uh, the Ridiculous Six and the Do Over, were the most watched original films on their service. Like it was the most supposedly streamed movie in a thirty day period. Supposedly, supposedly. supposedly. Yeah, I saw that Netflix. too, but I couldn't find where I read that. I was trying to relook for that. I couldn't believe it. But I still yeah, and I can't believe it either. But I think it's just a lot of people with nostalgia for what Sandler used to be and. Netflix doesn't have to spend a lot of dollars advertising these movies because they can just throw it on there and the as the main thing that pops up when you pull up Netflix. True. And then people are going to be like, oh, Sandler, a Spade, I'll watch that. I'll spend it 90 minutes of my time watching that. Yeah. And and that's where they get their money from it, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, it was like what Greg was saying. It's, it's, rain, rain. it's name recognition, you yeah. know. And, you know, as Becky was saying, like, they're lazy – and, you know, it's people like, oh, Adam Sandler's got another movie out. They don't want to pay money to go see Pixels. But like, well, it's on Netflix. I'll watch it. So, yeah, exactly. I think that's, yeah, I think you guys are on to something there. I think that's, I mean, I'm still, I still will never watch it. I can't, I can't even tell you the last movie that I saw with him in it. It's been that long. Not I didn't even, movie. I didn't even, I, I'm one of the few who actually, mm-hmm. when I was young, teenager, didn't find Adam Sandler movies funny. Billy Madison, I thought it was crap. <laughs> I, I'm one of the few. So many people loved it. Happy Gilmore, yes. Waterboy, okay. But like Billy Madison, it was hit or miss with me. Like I either loved it or I hated the movies. Like I hated Big Daddy. I thought that was horrible. Oh, I don't even remember. But that. like, yeah, I loved. I loved Happy Gilmore. Happy uh, Gilmore, Waterboy, Waterboy. Two of my favorites from him for sure. Yeah. Um, but that that like his character was like somewhat charming. Or at least the characters in that movie were somewhat charming. And yeah. Um, mm. But which is eh, I, don't know. I think Ridiculous Six anyway. was successful because it was the prequel to the Steve Martin movie Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll end on that note. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a live-action Dumbo is in the works, with Tim Burton at the helm and Colin Farrell rumored to be attached in a starring role. But that's not the only big news that came out of Hollywood last week. No, sir! Mariah Carey's majestic Christmas classic, All I Want for Christmas is You, is receiving the animated movie treatment, and, just like Adam Sandler's four-movie deal, there isn't a damn thing you can do about it. So, guys... Which is the more surprising news? Which are you more excited about? And were you as disappointed as I to learn it was not Operation Dumbo Drop getting the reboot? Becky, let's go with you. Alright, I have never seen Operation Dumbo Drop, so don't have a lot of opinion on that. Uh, You haven't seen that? I'm going to go with All I Want for Christmas is You, because I actually learned this morning, while listening to the radio on my way to work, that we, the American public don't know Mariah Carey's actual age. Um, apparently, there are two possible years for Mariah Carey's birth. We don't know. So I am going to go with, as part of the promotion for her beautiful animated movie, Mariah's going to tell us exactly how old she is. Not going to happen. That is a bold take, though. Exactly. Uh, Milhouse, what about you? Uh, well, Operation Dumbo Drop, which has a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes, for anybody that was really interested in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely more shocked by All I Want for Christmas is You, because Disney cannot help themselves. 
they will let Tim Burton make a slightly creepy version of any children's story that he wants to, mm-hmm. it seems like. So, and they just can't help themselves throwing money, no matter how bad it is. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do with this All I Want for Christmas movie. <laughs> exactly what the story is going to be. Uh, if Mariah is going to sing in it or voice whatever the main character is, I think, too. I think she's narrating, if I remember correctly. That's her role narrating. in the movie. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Good for her, I guess. I don't know. And I'm just trying to think, like, what they're going to, what they would pick pick next for uh, an anime movie based off of her CDs. Oh, God. You're going to get some, some glitter? Well, they already did glitter. <laughs> yeah, they already did. Um, uh, you think they would have learned their lesson by now? Yeah, I the animated glitter, maybe. You know. <laughs> oh, let's hope not. Greg? Uh yeah, I'm not very happy with the the Mariah Carey news. I mean, does anybody really care? Like, I care, Greg. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I believe you so much. I care. Um, I'm excited for Dumbo. the The live action Disney movies haven't been too bad so far. Um, so I think you're bound to have one really good one with all the 19 of them they plan on making. However many number that is, but it's a lot. Um, I haven't seen Operation Dumbo Drop in a long time. I need to rewatch it. <laughs> I did watch it as a kid though. Even after but, that Rotten Tomatoes score that Millhouse just dropped on us, uh, I'll deal with it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, why anybody thought this was a good idea? I mean, has she be re- been relevant at all in the last twenty years? Probably not, outside of whatever. But uh, yeah, not very exciting news. <laughs> well, I'm fairly certain Nick Cannon won't be in the movie, but yeah, I think that's like the most the most news that she's had is marrying and then divorcing Nick Cannon. In the last yeah. however many years. Yeah, it was one of those... I thought it was very odd because I didn't think she was doing much of anything. And I don't... I, I didn't even realize Nick Cannon was supposedly talented and he was doing things. And then they got married. Then all of a sudden he's doing stand-up specials where he... Half of his material is talking about being married to Mariah Carey. Right. And, like, they're both kind of... It, it was like this perfect storm. They come together and they're both kind of relevant in the spotlight again for no reason. And then they divorce and now they're kind of go back to their caves until now this animated <laughs> All I Want for Christmas is You. It's going to be a Christmas classic, guys. It's going to be right up there with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Christmas Story. Are you going to add it to your Christmas list of movies you watch every year? Yes. Die Hard would have been on there. It's not a Christmas movie, but if it would have been on there, <laughs> it would have been replaced. Well, you can watch it right after Eight Crazy Nights. But... Oh, I forgot Sandler did the, the Hanukkah movie. That's right. The animated yeah. movie. I don't think I ever saw that, though, actually. Anyway, good talk, guys. Round two will act as a lightning round of sorts, where our guests are supposed to deliver rapid-fire responses to my questions. Unfortunately, that rarely happens, but we're going to go ahead and do it anyway. (laughs) Question one. Greg, we're going to start with you. You need to pick one. Boss Baby. Hoss Baby. Sauce Baby. Joss Baby. Or Ross Baby. Then obviously Hoss Baby is a large, horse-strong baby. Sauce Baby is a drunk baby. Joss Baby is a little Joss Whedon baby, and Ross Baby is Baby Ross from Friends. What do you say, Greg? I'm going to go with Ross Baby. I like that show. Uh, I have not been recording, uh, marking down points, um, but I'm going to now. Greg, that was a horrible answer. Negative five. (laughs) I figured you'd like that. (laughs) Millhouse. I'm going to go with uh, Joss Baby. I'm going to mold that little mind to make the next great series canceled by Fox after one season. I knew you were going to go with Joss Whedon. Predictable answer. Negative five points for you. Becky? 
boss baby, because I can delegate work to him. Like, if I don't want to go to a meeting, I'm going to be like, I'm going to send the baby. And he has to listen to me, because he's a baby. <laughs> uh, I'm also deducting five points from you, because I know that you are not team baby. I believe you're team puppy over team baby. I'm team puppy, but the boss baby would probably be more affecting than my dog. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Next question. Nobody puts Ghost Baby in the shell. The Ghost Baby of Patrick Swayze haunts dirty dance halls by night and ceramics classes by day. Guys, this movie needs a title, so please, give it one. Greg, I know you're excited about this question. What do you got? <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, I have no idea. I couldn't think of anything all day. I figured there's a catchy title in there somewhere and I couldn't think of it. That's disappointing. Negative it one point. disappointed. Millhouse. Uh, I'm going to go with The Exorcism of Johnny Utah. Becky? I similarly went with Drake 2, Bodie's Revenge. After he goes, like, surfing off at the end of Point Break into, like, the giant storm, he comes back as a ghost. But since we know ghosts don't always look like the person who died, he is a baby, and he's getting revenge. <laughs> What's the name of this thing again? Point Break 2, Bodie's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's getting revenge on. Probably the FBI. It doesn't matter. All right. Points to both you and Milhouse. Good work. So many points this round, guys. So many points. Question number three. Where does the zookeeper's wife fall chronologically in the zookeeping trilogy? The trilogy, which also features previous smash hits, Zookeeper, starring Sandler's boy, Kevin James, and We Bought a Zoo, starring Ghost in the Shell's Scarlett Johansson. Greg, let's start with you again. Alright, Zookeeper's Wife is going to fall first, seeing as how it takes place earlier. Um, and then right after is going to be We Bought a Zoo, where Scarlett Johansson is actually the granddaughter of the Jessica Chastain. I can think of her name for a second. Um, and when she couldn't keep any more money to the zoo to use it as a trivia place, or where people would go to go see it, Matt Damon buys it out, they fall in love, and they move on, so they need a new zookeeper. Kevin James. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> Millhouse. I'm going to go with uh, We Bought a Zoo first, because you can't be a zookeeper without having a zoo. Mm. So I'm going to go with that. Then Zookeeper. Finally, we're finished off with the zookeeper's wife, where the zookeeper, zookeeper has to find a wife in order to keep the zoo, a la Santa Claus 2. <laughs> Becky. So here's my chronology. Um, zookeeper starts out with... Everything's okay. Kevin James, he works at a zoo. Things are cool. Zookeeper's wife. I looked it up. Apparently involved, uh, like, a zoo during the Holocaust. Bad. <laughs> Eventually, things go well again, and it gets bought by dad hair Matt Damon and his family of mediocre children, but they bring the zoo back. Then... <laughs> the next movie is Zoolander, where a bunch of jerk models come and ruin the zoo again, which they try to make great again until we have Zoo World, where everything goes horribly wrong, like Jurassic World. <laughs> Way to go outside the box there, Becky. But Zoolander was off limits, so you lose five points. Hey, I made a whole zooiverse. <laughs> you did. Zooiverse. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's move on to a little uh, little trivia and a little multiple choice. When I say that, I'm not even sure there's multiple choice in here. There's never oh, multiple choice! There was one episode where I had, like, two multiple choice questions. The last Negative five <laughs> points to you, Becky. Moving on. First one, true or false? 
In 2004, Brett Ratner pitched a Dumbo remake with Sandler, Kevin James, and Jackie Chan attached to star. Is that true or false? Becky, let's start with you. False. Milhouse? False. Greg? I'll go true just to be opposite. It's false. At least I think it is. I wish it were true. I'm marking really down good. a point for myself, <laughs> which will probably make me lose points. You are correct. So true. Question two. In which movie did Adam Sandler say the line, Zippy Zippy Zoomadoo! Me want to live in a zoo. Becky, let's start with you. And this is where I could have given you multiple choice, but I didn't want to. Um, I'm going to go with Little Nicky. <laughs> that is incorrect. Okay. Millhouse. And I go with Billy Madison. That is incorrect. Greg. I was going to say Billy Madison will try Happy Gilmore. That is also incorrect. Um, I'm fairly certain he and no one has ever said that until this podcast. So, <laughs> Trick question, guys. You're you're trick question. Uh, number three. What is the highest rated Adam Sandler? Uh, we're looking for a lead role, not just the movie he was in. The highest rated Adam Sandler lead role movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. What's the highest score in there? Becky. Is it that Brain Over Me movie that I think had Don Cheadle? Going with that. It's possible. It's possible. Milhouse? I'm gonna go with Happy Gilmore. Greg? Punch Drug Glove. That is the correct answer. 79%. I didn't even know that was the correct answer. But... Yes, that is the correct answer. 79%. That's not even very good. That's not that? very good. Like, in the grand scheme of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, the score, yeah. 79. <clears throat> that's the best he's done. But for Adam Sandler, <laughs> that's a 99. Yeah. That is, that is a get-out score for Adam Sandler. All right, final one. What is the lowest-rated Rotten Tomato score for an Adam Sandler starring movie? Becky? Jack and Jill. Where there were two of him. Ooh, two too many. Yeah, that's a, that is a bad one. I'm going to go Jack and Jill, too. <laughs> sequel? Greg. Uh, I'm going to take a stab and say Pixels. You guys were close with Jack and Jill. I had 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Oh. If we go back to Netflix, Ridiculous 6, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I didn't know if that oh. would count. I didn't know if that had Rotten Tomatoes. So okay. It's a good effort, though. So not, not good stuff from Adam Sandler. <laughs> and not much better from you guys, either. Rotten. So now that means I have to tally up the points here. And I have to, I have to factor in a lot of negatives here. <laughs> so this is going to look like a golf score. Uh, let's see. So moving on will be Millhouse. Look at you. Yeah. You're moving on. Someone's got Greg or Becky. Wow, Becky, you've got a lot of negative points. Greg. <laughs> I <laughs> Greg, gave myself. I have All at right. least one point. I marked it down here. <laughs> I, I couldn't see that. That was below the camera, so it doesn't count. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of round two. We've got our winner. Uh, so you guys will be facing off in the pause and sway challenge, and the winner of that will be awarded their very own soapbox from which to rant about whatever you'd like, as long as it is movie-related. Guys, let's move on. Ensembles. Full disclosure, I don't care much for ensembles like Mother's Day. Or rom-sambles, like Love Actually. Or the superhero team-ups, like Captain America Civil War. I find most to be rather excruciating, if I'm 
being honest. And as you can imagine, when that new mega blockbuster ensemble, Justice League, when that trailer dropped on Saturday, I was less than excited. So your job is to either convince me why ensemble flicks aren't really that bad, or assure me I'm correct in my opinion of this grossly overcast movie genre. Greg. Alright, well, if I know you like I think I know you, Alec, which <laughs> may not be very good, I have no idea. You can't be v- swayed very easily, so I'm going to actually pander to you and say <laughs> you're correct. Um, I think every now and then an ensemble movie comes out and it's decent, but for the most part they've turned into uh, let's get whatever big name actors we think there are, put them in a movie, they have no chemistry, the story sucks, so therefore the movies aren't very good. Um, I really wanted to give Batman vs. Superman a good try, and I wanted it to be good, and it wasn't, so adding two more people that I really don't care about isn't making me all excited for Justice League either. So um, I, I would like for them to be good, but then I see the Wonder Woman trailer and it doesn't look very good either. So I can't get too excited about Justice League. But um, I think just a lot of movies have become, who can we put in this that the fan people may want to go see that'll make us money, throw a bunch of CGI in it and hope it's good. And most of the time it doesn't turn out to be good. So I'm going to say you're correct. And, ensembles don't work very well well greg i don't know if you uh were paying attention while you're reading that but milhouse was shaking his head in disgust throughout your entire i I could (laughs) i could see him gazing at me or i could feel it greg i'm gonna throw a wrestling reference at you and just like chris jericho says you just made the list Uh, (laughs) good reference i like anyway i'm I'm assuming milhouse uh is gonna take a different Oh, side of the argument. Here. You know it. You know I am, Alec. I know. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this in. I'm gonna argue this with TV. All the good TV shows now are ensemble casts. Whether if you like comedy, and if you like The Office, or if you like Veep, or if you like Brooklyn Nine Nine, some of the best TV shows going. Those are all ensemble casts. If you look at, if you want to go drama, you can go Game of Thrones, which has ten thousand different characters. Now, granted, I can't remember any of their names but (laughs) it's it's still really good television now i understand greg's point in the fact that it seems like a lot of it's just money grabs and uh it's more along the lines of people are using these films to shoot off other films which is what kind of what dc is doing with justice league because they Mm -hmm. haven't given those other characters their cameo their their solo movies yet but this is just a a giant story that continues on. And for his ensemble cast itself, I think they can be good stuff. Like I, I'm, if you look at like the expendables trilogy, those are great. That's a great ensemble cast that they got together. They got, had great chemistry. The story was fun. The movies was fun. The action was fun. Stuff like that works. Now suffer maybe like the rom-coms like love actually. I don't care for it personally, but that's because <laughs> I think, uh, I think Rick Grimes is the worst friend in the world, but that's just me. <laughs> so I think I think they they have the opportunity to work, and I think given the right circumstances, they can be good things. I think you brought up some fair points there, um, except for TV. TV doesn't count. Like Love Actually is a prime example uh, that I give my boy uh, No Plex Zone, David Hammock, who loves that movie. I tell him that's why it doesn't work. That Love Actually that would work as a TV show. 
you've got all these different characters and all these different stories going on. That works for TV because you've got multiple episodes and you can do, you got like at least 10 episodes. So you can do, you can break up those stories and like movies, you really can't like you, you have to force or like you bring in all these people and like, you have to ignore some of these other major characters that you have in there. Um, which actually but, kind of worked um, with what, Avengers, but I was actually okay with that, I guess, for that one. But that's what I'm saying. Like, for something like the superhero team-up movies, they work as a thing because Not it's always. like an episode, a long episode of a TV show, and then you get your solo movies, and then you get them back. That's how it works. I don't think it works for the rom-coms or anything like that. But well, I don't know if it necessarily works for the... I mean, that last X-Men movie was awful. There, how many characters were in that movie? And, like, for the first hour, it's like everyone had, like, their little mini origin, and then you finally get to a plot... The little yeah, plot that was have, there. But they don't have separate movie. Like, they, you only have an X-Men movie. Sure. Like Marvel's got the Avengers where you have this, and then you got the Captain America movie, and then you've got the Thor movie, and then you got Iron Man, and now you got Spider-Man. Then they, and then, yeah, they come back together in, in Avengers. But we've seen this with the Batman series and the Spider-Man series. Like, the, the Tim Burton started off hero-villain, and then it was hero-two-villains, and then Chewbacca took over, and it was two heroes and two villains, and then it was three heroes and two villains. Like, they keep adding major characters. Spider-Man went to use the exact same blueprints, and it's just, they're just just awful Aww. movies, man. <laughs> I think the what the Avengers is one of the only few times it, it does work, though. I think all the chemistry there was, they were funny together, and so I, I don't know if that's the best example if you want to try to use. You, you would have to find an example where maybe you didn't, most people don't think it didn't work, and you thought it really did. Uh, so I don't know if Avengers would be the best one for you to use to try to explain them because I I enjoyed both Avengers movies and whether it's because the setup led to the good a good payoff or they all worked well together, but like in like in Batman vs Superman, all those big name people didn't work for me. It, it, so, they just didn't match well. Well, that's and that's and that's your opinion. I, I <laughs> think everybody's entitled to it. Is, I, I isn't it all pause and play opinion? Well. Yeah. Sorry, no, this I'll, is all facts. No, we deal in facts here. All <laughs> At least the host deals in don't facts. Don't have guys. me back on. Then I, I don't understand. No, <laughs> there's a reason why they trust me to uh, dole out the points that's here because I got I got the real answers here. There you go. Let's see, but this is actually coming from someone who actually liked Batman versus Superman and didn't feel like that was an ensemble flick like this Justice League or Captain. Man, Captain America's Civil War, I know that was everyone's favorite movie for the most part. I was bored with that movie, man. It was just too many characters. I didn't I didn't care where it was going. There's so many other reasons why I didn't like it, but anyway. Well, the second I Avengers mean, I, I didn't, didn't like, and the first Avengers I did. I, I think there are exceptions. Some of them I feel work, and some of them are just, you get it, you keep adding characters, and you don't, some people don't really know their roles in the movie, and it shows that the writers don't know their roles in the movie, and I think that's, I think that's my big problem is... Too many characters, and you might have a character you like, and they might get crap in that movie. And it's like, well, why were See, they in the movie? See, to be fair, though, with Batman versus Superman, the only positive about any of the cast I heard at all was, eh, I kind of liked Wonder Woman. And doesn't that kind of prove it's an ensemble if I neither just... one of the leads is likable or good? But she wasn't, she was a side character. She wasn't a lead in the movie. Like, all these people are in these ensembles. They're all leads. That's that's kind of the, the issue, and they all kind of take away I'm from the performances. Say- and with the, I don't understand, I don't understand the Wonder Woman thing either. She was really cool in her appearance, or like her entrance. But other than that, it's her as Diana. Am I the only one who's nervous about her being Gal Gadot leading an entire movie? Like, I'm really nervous about that Wonder Woman, and like, she is the reason why. Like, I don't know that she could carry it. I hope she does, but... Like, I thought she had zero chemistry with Ben Affleck, and I thought she was just awkward when she spoke. True, she was actually and, not that great in 
Several. Wait, you didn't like her? No. You didn't like something? I didn't like something, but I was going to say, she was not one of the high points of one of my actual favorite ensemble movie series, the Fast and the Furious movies. Oh. All right, well, this podcast has crashed itself into the ground. Off the rails. Off the rails, 100%. If, if there had been a loot crate out, it would have been a lot better. Well, uh, comes as no surprise. Greg, you win. Good job. Oh, hey. <laughs> Pandering worked. It doesn't work every week. It's kind of in every other. I figured week, with, this, I, with this, it would work. So, and I didn't know if, who I was going against, but I was going to take that chance. Well, Greg, that means you, sir, get your very own soapbox to oh. jump on and rant about something. Almost coming up on a year now, I've been playing fantasy movie league. I got introduced by my boy Ryan, who, who's been playing more this season because school hasn't been as crazy and um i thank him for it every week because fml has been so much fun i've met a lot of people i've gotten to do podcasts i probably never would have been on of course and uh i really think that if you have movie fans out there who are big fans who think they might be interested you got to get them into it because the community is so much fun and i think i heard you guys talking about it last week uh with austin and them on pause and play mm-hmm. um it, it's fun and it, and it showed that when we need to get together or come together for like instance with Steve or whenever we can, we're not just a bunch of people on there talking. Um, we've kind of become friends without hanging out in person, but I enjoy fantasy movie. League. I'll do it as long as I, it's around and it's been a ton of fun and I've been looking for other people to try to get on, but it's, it's great. It's if you like fantasy sports and you like movies, then there's not much better else you can do. Yeah. I think I, Echo your your sentiments there. It's uh yeah one of the, like I said this is the only online community I've ever been a part of. Yeah, um, me too. And I don't really anticipate being part of any other online communities. It's just not really my thing. But this one just kind of sucked me in for whatever reason. But well, uh, I think it's about time for us to roll the end credits here. Do any of you have anything you'd like to to plug or give any shout outs, Becky? Um, should we, should we all go see Wilson? Was that what your was that your shout out this week? I mean, I really think yes, it will be. You should go see Wilson. I don't know if it's good. I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but they filmed it in my neighborhood. There are scenes that are just a block over from my house, and you can go see it and see that Minnesota is actually very beautiful in the summer, and it doesn't always look like the movie Fargo. So, yay! I would actually find that disappointing, to be completely honest. We sometimes have we we have yeah. sunshine. This, you're breaking my heart here. Millhouse, what about you? Uh, well, obviously, I'm uh, going to plug the Angry Geese versus podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a lengthy discussion about the Justice League trailer this week that I think many people will find fascinating and well worth their time. <laughs> I did. I listened to it. I didn't agree with a damn thing you guys know. That's not true. But... <laughs> I want the movie to do well. I just, I, I'm getting so burned out by all these, like, team-ups and stuff. I just, I don't know, I'm just, I'm not interested. Like, I liked Doctor Strange. You know, I I, I found that entertaining. Not that Iron Man great. with magic? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. That That's what that. it reminded me of, too. But as soon as it got to the uh, the end credit scene, where he's sitting there with Thor, and it's like, oh, he's, they're going to do the Thor-Hulk yeah. thing. Like, I, I immediately lost interest. Like, oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't care. But You know, my biggest thing, and I think you kind of brought it up a little bit, earlier when we were talking about the Rotten Tomatoes thing is the group thing thing because I'm looking on the chatter and I'm seeing a bunch of people are just bashing the movie already and I'm like but they're bashing that because of Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad I liked Batman versus Superman I didn't like Suicide Squad okay but I I, yeah but they've there's been tons of articles if you go out there and look at it that says hey we listen to you guys and we're changing things now they can't just 
go complete 180 off of everything and do everything that everybody wanted but like well there's the humor in that and people are bashing the humor saying it's dumb and it's like the same humor that you hear in a marvel movie right no exactly yeah i, I don't i'm not disagreeing with you here i'm just was trying to defend myself it's like oh, that's not no, that's I, not what i'm I doing um and here's the other thing uh i know we're all i'm getting we're getting, going on so many tangents on this podcast yeah that never <laughs> happens on pause and play never no <laughs> As far as I know, and listening to uh, another podcast, listen to Total Geek All. It's from the editors of Screen Rant. Screen Rant. They and they, you know, they did all sorts of set visits, and they did the set visit for Justice League, you know, a while back. This was the plan all along. They were going to have a dark movie. That's why it was Dawn of Justice. You know, like it's always darkest before the dawn, and then it was supposed to get lighter because it was supposed to be Batman at his most cynical was in Batman versus Superman, and it was supposed to be you know the sacrifice of Superman. Uh, spoiler. Was kind of supposed to like bring him back to light, and you know, form, and that's where forming the Justice League came into play. So it was always the plan to be dark and then get lighter as it went on. That was always the plan. But people were like, no, they're changing it because of. Like, so well, you're not. saying? I think they're changing some things though. But uh, you're saying yeah. Zack Snyder had a plan. That's my thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, like you're in, and when you look at them possibly go to see this movie in november you're already going to be judging that movie based off of that and saying that Zack snyder can't change I, that's my problem. i'm willing to give an open mind and hope that it's good i mean i, I would like for there to be some kind of counter program to marvel because there's so much marvel has just exploded so i want it to be good it's just batman for superman for me wasn't a good start i'm not excited for wonder woman can it be good sure absolutely i hope it is it's just my bar is a little low right now with DC, and I, and even though as much as I love the Dark Knight trilogy, minus the third one, whatever, I, I do want these movies to do well because I do, I do think there's potential there for new characters that you haven't seen as much on screen. Out, you know, you get your Batman and your Superman, but I mean, you don't get Flash movies and Wonder Woman movies and stuff like that. So Aquaman, I hope so. I hope it's good. It's just that they're not off to a good start. Not the way you know. That's how. That's so fair, I, yeah. I'm open-minded. I. Are I don't you? care about Marvel. To be fair, to be fair, right? To are be you? fair, <laughs> it does have Cal Drogo without a shirt, so I'm very open-minded for things like that. I'm, I'm actually somewhat interested in the Aquaman movie. I think this is going to be similar to Captain America. Like, I had no interest in seeing that movie. Like, I don't care about that character. And then when it, that first one came out, I was like, oh, this is actually... I think I actually like this Captain America character better than any of the other Marvel characters. And, you know, Aquaman's always got a bad rap, you know, because he... Well, the suit doesn't help. But I'm actually kind of intrigued to see what James Wan does with this thing. Um, I would be intrigued about Flash, but I don't know who's making that movie. So Jason Momoa looks like one of the best cast superheroes. Like he looks perfect for Aquaman. Yeah, well, they got rid down, of the dorky so. orange suit. So, but it's just right, so thanks for dark, indulging guys. me on my it's just so geek, dark. Po- geek talk here. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, uh, Greg, do you have any shoutouts or uh... big shout out to my wife who's under the weather and still watch my daughter so I can be on? And oh, uh, that's right. I appreciate you having me on. I couldn't be on a couple of weeks ago. That sucked, but thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you guys, all three of you, for, for being on again. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, thank you, listeners, for uh, tuning in to episode number 10. 10. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for not finishing that quote. <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit myself. This is a family-friendly podcast. There are you children know, they... listening, and they are Steve. And, and dogs. And Aiden. And cats. And Aiden. <laughs> and Aiden. Oh, poor kid. Inside jokes. All right, guys. Uh, yes, again, thank you for listening. We need to end this thing. We've gone on far too long. All right. Thanks.
Thank you. Good night, guys. <laughs>